Hello there, my name's Richard Plattel. And I'm Liz Walker. Welcome to episode three of the Bake Canadian Takeoff, a podcast about the Great Canadian Baking Show. This week is Dessert Week. Dessert Week, hooray. This week's signature challenge was to make an elegant sweet pie or tart. What is the difference between a pie or a tart? Um, perhaps a pie has an open top? No, lots of pies have a top. Hmm. That's a more of a pie. Yeah, what is the difference? I didn't, I, 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 sorry, I didn't mean to trick you. This was not one of those ambush <laughs> questions. What is the difference between a pie and a maybe tart? It's, uh, maybe uh, maybe it's, it's cultural. Maybe just some things are pies and some things are tarts. Tart sounds exciting. It does. It sounds slightly more exotic. It does. It sounds, it sounds fancy. Yeah. And it sounds like something that you would want to order in a restaurant. Right. You get a, you get a pie from your aunt. You get a tart yeah. from a restaurant. Exactly. Oh, okay. And I, fe- I felt, I felt uh, in terms of an overall theme of this episode, um, the, the semantic difference between a pie and a tart, between something you get from your aunt and something that you get at a restaurant, was kind of, kind of overhanging the show. Um, yeah, this is, where, this is where they started to, to get a bit fancy, to start talking about the, the looks and the techniques of things. This week's challenge is all about pastry and the importance of decoration and style. That's right, because so far it's been really everything tastes great. If it tastes great, it's okay. But this 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 episode, if it tasted great, but it it didn't look formal enough, then it was a problem. If it didn't if it didn't look as good as it tasted, then it, it wasn't fulfilling the brief. This maybe would be a good place to put the clip of Bruno saying you eat with your eyes. Yes. Any dessert you're gonna eat with your eyes first. What I want to see. It's something that invites me to take a bite. Which is actually you don't. Don't eat with your no. eyes. That would be... That's how you get pink eye. <laughs> and it was, the, it was the first opportunity that um, Canadian baking show fans have, ha- have had a chance to um, drop the soggy bottom hashtag. I think the dreaded soggy bottom might... We're going to have a soggy I bottom. I think we may have a dreaded soggy bottom. Which I think... I, that's what they were waiting for. That's what they're here for. It's just for the soggy bottoms. Uh, the, and Jude did not disappoint. No, Jude had the first soggy bottom, but not the yeah. only soggy bottom. Not the only no, soggy Corey bottom. No, Corey also had a soggy bottom in this bake. That's uh, right. He got really angry at his pie. Yeah. Uh, he was. He was like, I, I'm. I'm done. I'm done chopping up these pears. Forget these pears. I'm not chopping another pear. I am never chopping another pear in my life. It uh, it really it seemed like maybe this was just the edit, but it seemed like everyone was really pressed for time on this signature challenge, except for Linda. Linda seemed to have time to spare to help out Terry. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that was so nice to see. Um, perhaps Linda has a secret in the a secret time portal in the back of the tent that none of the other contestants know about. Well, that's ridiculous. It would be a time turner, Liz. <laughs> Liz, do you have any pastry, uh, any personal pastry tips, techniques, or secrets? Um, do you ever bake? Do you ever bake pies? Uh, I like I like to make a torchere. Uh, I rarely make a oh. sweet pie dessert. Um, mm-hmm. And I like I am a big fan of freezing butter and then grating it and then working it in with fingers. Uh, and I feel oh, like that gives you um, the sort of buttery layer marble texture that you're looking for when you're rolling out. Oh, and freeze mm-hmm. freeze everything. Use a metal bowl. Keep the flour cold. Keep everything cold. Yeah, yeah, cold, yeah. cold, cold, cold. Cold, cold, cold. For, for um, 
I am a rough puff pastry kind of gal myself. So mm-hmm. I think when you're talking about pie, you're kind of there's like two ends of the pie spectrum, and one is flaky, and the other is um, short and crumbly. Mm-hmm. Right. And I like the flaky. So I go for a rough puff. So when I do a rough puff and I got this from Serious Eats, I like I, I take my butter and it's not frozen because I need to squish it, but um, it's quite cold. And I cut it into like half inch dice mm-hmm. and I give it a squish into the flour. Oh, yeah. And then I and that's it. I don't do anything else. I give it a squish and then I put in my um water and I just mix it up really roughly and you can see the globs of butter and you you know and then I stick it in the freezer until it's chilled through and then I bring it out and I and then I um I roll it out and it's super sticky and you got to put a lot of flour in it and um it's got these big gobs of butter in it um it produces a really flaky crust which I like but I think it is a little maybe on the tough side like I've watched my children I watched them eat the apple pie that I made this week mm-hmm. and it turned out good like it didn't have a soggy bottom it had lots of layers it was really delicious um but I was watching them kind of like like bite into it with their little with their baby oh, teeth yes. and kind of pull it apart um and so I thought hmm it's not quite I'm not quite I haven't nailed it um, and I frequently find that when I do a rough puff, that unless I don't know what the secret is, Sabrina had this problem these, where these, she you have to realize that for your children, this will be the ur pie. This will be the pie that they're always trying I to capture. Exactly. They're like, why is this pie so tender? Mom's mom's pies were always like like leather. I like a pie you can sink your teeth into. <laughs> but so Sabrina, she actually rebaked her pastry. Yeah, she had like her she first had one. She had butter leakage. The butter came out, and it all leaked onto the bottom and it, so there was a big smoky puff when she opened it up and I've had that happen oh, yes. lots of times lots of times because apparently the butter will melt out if it's I think if you're baking maybe too low or you don't <clears throat> do a good job of mixing it into the mm-hmm. flour I don't know but anyway so then the other end is the short where you the short short crust where you, it's very crumbly um in a completely different but very delicious way. So that's where you blitz your butter shortening or lard into the flour, make it like a sand, and then press it. You get two different two different results, and it kind of depends on which one you mm. like Liz, or, or, or can achieve. <laughs> uh, Liz, have you, and I'm, I'm doing the thing where I ask a question because I want to be asked that question, have you ever completely whiffed a bake? Have you ever, like, completely, like, whiffed a, whiffed a recipe? Oh, yeah, of course. I, I've thrown bread out. I've 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 screwed bread up so much that I've just been like, forget it, and I just put it in the compost. How about you? Um, when I was at, uh, James's uh, coffee and chocolate pie mm, reminded me of yeah, this. Yeah, the pie pie. Uh, when he yeah. was putting the coffee in, um, there is a there is a cookbook. There is a cookbook which is one of my favorite cookbooks, which is Reader's Digest's Creative Cooking, uh, and I don't think it's very popular. Uh, but it was a mm-hmm. staple in my house, and now I have a copy. And nice. one of the best things about it is half the book is like standard recipes and standard cooking techniques, but mm-hmm. half the book is like month by month recipes. It's like recipes for what is seasonal, what the holidays are, what you can make that mm-hmm. month. And there's like, you know, uh, what to make at a fancy dinner in August, and also what to make for lunch in August. 
So it's really good for inspiration, and you can go in there. Uh, oh, neat. And when I was, I think, a teenager, uh, still living at home and just kind of figuring it out, um, for some reason I got it into my head that I would make dessert tonight. I think it was a weekend. And I was thumbing through the Reader's Digest Creative Cooking, and there is a recipe in there for a chocolate mousse. And Ooh. the thing my mother was most concerned about was that the recipe called for semi-raw eggs, because it's a mousse. Uh, uh. And so she saw that I got fresh eggs and cooked with those. And after that, she wasn't really worried, and she wasn't really watching me. And the recipe called for two tablespoons of coffee. So I went into the fridge, and I got out the Tupperware. We were a tea-drinking household, so I went into the back of the freezer and got out the Tupperware that had the year-old box of nabob coffee in it and put two aged, aged, high-aged, yeah. strengthened uh, nabob coffee and put two tablespoons of coffee in the recipe. And then I made that, and then I served that to my family, and they were all like... Mm, mm, mm. Ah, it's, it's 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 really it's really gritty it's uh yeah yeah it did, it did not say it did not say brewed coffee it didn't it didn't say make coffee i guess it just said like you know put in two tablespoons of coffee and as far as i knew that's yeah that is the that was the noun that, that coffee, coffee was this is coffee it says coffee, coffee on the label this is coffee <laughs> it fits in two spoons yep. I don't think that you can be blamed at all for that. No, no, I agree. I agree uh, with you. Think, Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for saying. <laughs> uh, I, I think Linda, yeah. Linda had the nice big fruit cream yeah, pie. Yeah, that was a and, deep and, pie. And that looked like that it would be gonna, hard to cut a, that pie nicely and get in there. Totally, totally. But I was, I was looking at it because it was nicely fluted on the mm -hmm. edge, and I thought that would be spectacular looking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I really like seeing Terry talking to her blueberries like they're her little soldiers. Check you all over. Does anybody have a stem? See, you do. Thank you. The technical challenge this week was fondant fancies, uh, which looked pretty nice, uh, but I think that that's their job. I think their job is to be difficult and be impressive and look nice. Yeah, it was like little sponge cakes with... with um... La little layers of things. There was some marzipan in there, and there was some jam. And then, and then you, and then you take the fondant, liquefy it, and then pour it over your your little layered sponge cakey thing, so that it's kind of encased in a shroud of sugar. Right, it's a little iPhone of a cake. It's a little like no beautiful yeah. cornered, no. Uh... No. no bumps. No, that's right. It's um, I can't really imagine like seeing that on the on the shelf at the bakery and being like, "Ooh, I want one of those." Right. Uh, so the contestants had to produce uh, twelve of these, and the idea was that, as with all the technical challenges, they have to be consistent, and they have to look right, and they have to taste right. They have to have the right texture. One of the things that the the TV show, I think, one of the things that's hardest about the TV show to be able to get across. You can see if something looks right. You can listen to Bruno and Rochelle talk about it tasting right. Um, it's hard to know, like, the texture of things. You know, like yes. with a sponge cake. Right, yeah. You know, like, you know what I mean? Like, 
how do you get right in there with the camera and show that this sponge is the right sponge? Or if, it, you know, if, is it feathery or is it bubbly? You know, because a lot of that happens in the mouth, I think. Yeah, close up of like a finger poking it or something. I, now I'm, th I'm just thinking now, I'm thinking back to last week uh, and some of the host reactions, some of the, the Dan and Julia reactions. And I can't remember any shots this week of Dan and Julia eating anything and reacting to it. I remember them like walking around tasting ingredients, getting mangoes and stuff, but I don't remember yeah, if there was right. any shots of them uh, trying any of the bakes when they were finished and reacting to them. I think you're. Which I, I thought was really, really useful last week. Yeah, because they're kind of more of a stand in for us, right? They right. are the audience. Yeah. They're like, eh, I don't really know how to bake. That looks good. Can I taste it? <laughs> you know, and unlike Rochelle and, and Bruno, who are. Who are eating with connoisseur's eyes. Uh, I just want to, before we finish with the technical challenge, I just want to oh, say yeah, I yeah. was screaming at Corey. I was shouting through my TV at him so loud Aww. he must have heard. It doesn't say thin layer, does it? No, okay. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to spread one half with raspberry jam. So I'm actually going to put the whole jar on. Corey, read the instructions. Read the instructions, Corey. Corey, don't put yeah. all that jam on there. Read the instructions. There's an don't amount in yeah. the instructions. This happened with the bagels too. Yep. So you were telling you were telling me before we recorded that there is a contingent of of, of uh, great Canadian baking show hate watchers out there on social media. They are, yeah. There there are people out there who um they want they want the they want the confection to to fail. I don't know. I think they're they're upset or they're disappointed or they're just like, why isn't this exactly like Great British Bake Off? I you know I'm I'm in my I'm in my early forties, uh, and I I have come around to the idea that I like the things I like and I'm going to like things, and not liking things is for mean losers. Like, <laughs> just just like 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 it or ignore it. You know more more Great yeah. Canadian Bake Off for me. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I haven't, um, I don't, I don't care. I'm a, I'm a big shrug when it comes to that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, there is a really funny, if you, if you have the time, check out responses to, um, there's a French bake, bake off show called Le Meilleur Patissier. Mm -hmm. And it is, so it's, it's the Great British Bake Off format in France. Uh, it looks the same. It's, they got the same tent. They wear like, red aprons or something um and last week they had to make jaffa cakes yes and french people do not know what jaffa cakes are yes and it's funny there was i did i did see a bit of this i saw uh an image and it had the subtitles underneath it had the english yeah. uh subtitles underneath or uh -huh, the French subtitles, but it was a man just looking at his bake and shaking his head and saying sissy nepal un jaffa cake <laughs> so i think part of it is that so this this format has been sold like I think like over twenty times around the world. So there's like there's like Bake Off in all these different countries, different languages and everything. And so I suspect that it's a pretty it's pretty strict when you buy the Bake Off franchise. Mm -hmm. You you mm -hmm. got to do it according to the instructions. We were talking in our first episode about um, Bruno and Rochelle and where they came from, and I wonder mm -hmm. if like. I mean, it's probably at this point, it's probably a web form. You probably go, you're the CBC, you go online with your credit card and you say mm -hmm. one bake off, please. Uh, yeah. and maybe they send me like they send you the tent and maybe they send you the host as well. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, um, I think that I, I'm wondering if they send you the recipes too. Ooh, that is a good question. Mm. I mean, uh, just skipping Why ahead a bit. Why else would you have to know, make a Battenberg? <laughs> <laughs> skipping ahead a bit, we know that next week is Canada Week. Yeah. So. Well, so I, I feel maybe there's a there's a there's a colonial metaphor at play, and 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 next week we are allowed to be Canadians. To stop us from rebelling, to stop us from throwing our Battenbergs into the harbor. That's right. So next week is Dominion Week. <laughs> <laughs> All those Battenbergs floating in the water. <laughs> I worked really hard on that. <laughs> uh, let's wrap up the technical challenge. Uh, oh, who Julia, won? Who lost? Uh, Bandana won, and Linda was second, and Corey and Julian were in the bottom bracket. That's right. Yeah, Linda's had a really good week. She did have a really good that's right. Um, so that was where that was where they were when they went into the showstopper, and the showstopper was a pavlova. Yes. Um, have you ever seen a pavlova? I think I've, I think I've heard the name as maybe like a punchline in like a Wes Anderson type movie or something. Right. <laughs> right, because like these are so so okay. Let's it's uh, it's a meringue cake. So it's a cake entirely made out of meringue. Now, I always thought of a meringue as being the slightly disappointing topping on top of a lemon meringue pie. Right. Right? Like like a little bit sweaty, looks like whipped cream, doesn't mm-hmm. taste like whipped cream. Mm-hmm. That was to me a meringue. Apparently, right, yeah. This is my grandmother's meringue. <laughs> and and a pavlova is like taking the idea of a meringue and just shunting the pie. Baking it for a really long time, very low, and then um, futzing it up with a lot of stuff. Why don't you tell us about it? Because I understand you made one. Yeah, in preparation for this, uh, I made uh, Nigella Lawson's passion fruit pavlova from her book How to Eat, uh, Mm -hmm. which the recipe is based on a recipe from an Australian cookbook. That's a a Donna Hay, right? Donna Hay. I believe so, yeah. I don't have the citation in front of me. I think so. We'll get our citations sorted out later. Yes. Uh, we'll add those to the show notes. Uh, and the pavlova has a bit of a contentious uh, history and lineage in the Southern Hemisphere. Right, because it comes from Australia? Or does it? Mm. Um, the, the pavlova was named after a ballerina who visited Australia and New Zealand in around the 1920s. Uh, both countries lay claim to it. Uh, in 2010, the OED came down definitively, saying that it first appeared in print in New Zealand and therefore belongs to New Zealand. But then mm-hmm. breaking Pavlova news from October 20, 2015, Pavlova research reveals desert's shock origins. Uh, more deeper Pavlova research finds uh, earlier citations uh, in Germany and the Americas. Uh, obviously, it wasn't named the pavlova then, but that dessert did exist before before that time. Oh. Or perhaps it's oh. a, a case of convergent evolution. So uh, the, yeah, I like that idea. So hmm. uh, the official position of the Bay Canadian takeoff is that uh, we need to wait for more facts to come in. Can we can we talk about it though while we wait for those facts to come in? I think we can. Yeah, I think it's. I think we can safely talk about it. Uh, so yeah, so I made uh, I made uh, this pavlova from a Nigella Lawson cookbook. 
um, and I didn't have access to passion fruit, so instead of a passion fruit topping, I did uh, like a cherry sauce and pistachios and whipped mm-hmm. cream. Uh, mm-hmm. And my family ate it up. Uh, it was great. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. This recipe called for Your making... family includes a 13-year-old boy. My family includes a 13-year-old boy who will eat anything that's uh, 90% sugar. So that's good. Yeah. <laughs> um, the recipe, This recipe called for uh, baking the pavlova and then turning the oven off and letting it cool in the oven overnight, mm. uh, which is a good technique, which was not accessible to the bakers on the show, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, nothing about making the meringue was technically challenging except that you had to follow the instructions very carefully right um they mentioned on the show i think it was james mentioned that you can't get any yolk in your egg whites you can't get any fat in your egg whites you can't get any fat in your egg whites so there so i was i was uh, i was sterilizing my equipment like walter white cooking meth uh (laughs) and i was separating i was like doing like a like a three-part separation i would separate my eggs in one uh, one container, and then when I knew that that one egg white was good, I would add it to the other egg whites. Uh, and I've seen, I've seen on the Great British Bake Off, and not, not so much on the Canadian one, but I've seen some bakers separating egg whites very casually, like just like flopping yeah. one more egg white into a bowl of twenty-four egg whites, which seems seems risky to me. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yours whipped up. Yeah, mine whipped up. Thanks to uh, I think thanks I'm... to your careful application. Well, I flubbed up one thing. Uh, I needed icing sugar, uh, and mm-hmm. I went to the local uh, hippie grocery store to get it. Uh, they will not have it. Well, they had they had it, but they had it in the bulk bins, and it oh. was uh, this weird cakey sort of icing sugar, and I didn't Ooh. realize that until I was halfway through adding it, so I kind of had oh. to pause and like sieve it and mush it through a sieve, and then it was fine. But I think that oh, because it it dried out. So yeah, yeah I know what you mean. Oh, so he had like little crumbs. Yeah, exactly. Crumbs and it. I didn't realize right. that until I was in the midst of adding it. So I think I may have overbeat my meringue a little bit, and that caused it to hmm. not be as fluffy as it could have been. I wanted to get. I wanted to uh, before I started. I wanted to get kind of a visual reference uh, for the pavlova, and I went online. Mm-hmm. I went to look for videos, and I found uh, a video of Nigella making. A slightly different lemon curd pavlova mm-hmm. and how'd she uh, do that well um I, I i'll tell you there's a shot of the city at night with like a train running through it and then it cuts to the interior of nigella's uh, apartment and she's just she's narrating it but not in the moment it's like overdubbed mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a handheld camera sort of at a remove, kind of uh, shaky a little bit, like it might be looking through a keyhole or a doorknob or something. And this very sort of funky, sexy jazz music starts playing. Uh, Does somebody come to the door? No, nobody, no, she's just by herself. She's, uh, she's got this, she's whipping up eggs and beating things and... She's got her hands on this uh, hot pink KitchenAid, and it's going, and then my wife comes in, and she's like, what are you watching? And I'm like, I slam the laptop shut, and I'm like, you don't understand. I'm doing research for my podcast. (laughs) Oh, Nigella Lawson. She's she's somebody who I feel like we don't talk about Nigella as much as we used to. There's been such a surge um, in, in... and sort of macho cooking 
You know, yeah, men with, t- yeah, men with tattoos, right? Men with tattoos, wielding big knives, chopping Angry, up hunks of cooking. meat. Totally. And... Rock and roll, f- rock and roll cooking. Rock and, rock and roll cooking. And, and, but Nigella predates that. Uh, she, she sort of came in as the domestic goddess, and she licked a lot of spoons to get there. Shall we move on to results? Yes. This week's uh, star baker was Linda, uh, with her beautiful pav and very nice um, fondant fancies, and a raspberry swirl deep dish pie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and unfortunately, this week we lost Corey. That's right. Watching them all holding hands together mm. when they were awaiting the results. Yeah, um, that was touching. I had a, I had a real, I had, I had a real heart tug. Of just like what are we what are we doing to these people? What are we what are we putting them through? Why are we doing? Why can't they all win? Why why do we have to rank them? Yeah, they all worked very hard. But I think that uh, I think Corey knew that he'd had a tough run. Tough bad bad week. Just, I, it's just always, one bad week. It's just two two or three that's mistakes right. or bits of bad luck. That's right. Well, that's what that, I mean. That's really what happens every week. Um, I find that watching British Bake Off at least. The people who who are leaving, they tend to know, or at least they're afraid. They they tend to know that they've had a really bad week. We're uh, we're three episodes in. Who do you think uh, who do you think has a shot at winning it all? Ooh, um, I'm gonna say Terry for sure. Terry, Linda, uh, Sabrina, Linda, Julian. I'm Julian. You know he is very calm and cool when he when he's making stuff. I'm. I want him in a, I want him in a contractor. I also want that in a baker. I my family watched uh, a season of uh, the Amazing Race Canada, and mm-hmm. all throughout the season there was this team of nice Canadian boys. A couple of uh, I think they were just friends. They might have been brothers. I'm not sure. And every episode, every challenge, they were consistently second. Mm-hmm. Uh, just consistently, like a yep. lot of different teams won and lost each week right but they were always second until the final Did they make episode. it to the end yeah they made it to the end and the final episode and they won and i really feel i really feel like they were they were laying in the cut they were hiding hiding in the back until hiding, until they moved there they made their move in the final final sprint interesting and i wonder if i wonder if that's going to be julian i wonder if he's right i wonder if he's going to be consistently consistently up there uh, you know, pulling it mm-hmm. out with a really beautiful showstopper, and then in the end, right. he'll 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 sprint. Um, well, uh, that would be that would be great. Um, there is no one in there is no one in this group where I would at this point I would be angry if they won. Oh no, no, God, no, yeah. no. I mean, I would be really happy. I would really be happy to see Terry win. Yeah. Because as a stay-at-home mom, I feel a lot of affinity for her. Speaking as a mother. We ha- Speaking as a stay-at-home mother, uh, we were having a Twitter chat last week where we were talking about being stay-at-home moms and stuff, and 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 I love it when I see, um, I love it when I see a mom who who does really well on British Bake Off because moms are baking all the time. Well, not not everybody, but moms are out there. It's an idea of the mother at home with an apron on baking, and and you know they you we gotta do. Get, we, you got to get calories into those kids. You God, you do. Um, it can't just be chicken fingers all the time. And so you try and you make these terrible muffins and you force them to eat them. 
and you're looking at Instagram and you're seeing everybody and their their children are eating these like muffins that are made out of sunflower seeds and they're beautiful and they've got kale in them and you feel like a failure because you can't even get your kid to eat this like oh, apple like muffin a, that you made. <laughs> it's like a it's like a lifestyle. It's like a home architecture magazine where you like visit they visit somebody's home and they do a photo shoot and there's like a little corner under the stair with with three blocks and a horse on it. And you're like, okay, yeah, the exactly. Play area. That's right. Yes. So. So when you see when when you see um, specifically a mother uh, do well on on British Bake Off or you know Canadian Bake Off as as we're as we're doing right now and I don't know I feel that it's great to see a woman who's pursuing her ambition in the public view doing her best. Yes, I like to see that. Well, thanks for listening to episode three of Bake Canadian Bake Off. Find us online at BakeCanadian.com, on Twitter at BakeCanadian, and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash BakeCanadian. Our theme music is Dog Politics, off the album Mood Music for the Apocalypse by Elvis Harris. If you enjoy the show, please consider telling a friend. Share a link or leave a review on iTunes, Google Play, or the player of your choice. Hi. Just uh, edit this part up. Yeah, let's do that.